Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Are you ready to take full control of your physical, emotional, and spiritual health? Are you ready to experience great success in your life? Health Talk with Dr. Diane MD will teach you the tools and strategies to help you take control of your health and inspire you to live your best life. Now here is your host, Dr. Diane A. Thompson, MD. Okay, welcome back. For you, the listeners, I know that you've uh, listened to part one of our interview, and if you've not, the interview is available on the archive. You can find out more details about that at drdianethompson.com. That's the website. And also on my Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Thompson. As I mentioned to you last time, uh, Stephen Lewis received a PhD in exercise physiology from Stanford University, and he's an internationally known researcher and teacher. Uh, what we're talking about, though, is his experience as a two-time survivor of pancreatic cancer, and uh, he's also the author of the book, The Ripple Effect, How a Positive Attitude and Caring Community Helped Save My Life. I do also want to remind you that the information provided on this broadcast is for educational purposes only. It is not intended for diagnosis or treatment, so please Seek the advice of your healthcare provider before making any changes to your health. Stephen, welcome to part two of our interview. Thank you so much, Diane. All right, so last time we left off, you had talked about the Whipple procedure, and as you mentioned, it's no easy feat. I became very familiar with that procedure in medical school. I went to the University of Maryland, and we had one of the surgeons that uh, he did so many Whipple procedures. People would fly from different parts of the country uh, just to have him have that procedure. So you are correct. It's, you know, it's a major procedure. And so how was your experience, your recovery, your surgical recovery, uh, how was that experience for you? Well, of course, the Whipple procedure was a, uh, a major uh, undertaking to recover from that. I mean, in the first few days, uh, to allow your digestive system, system, which is rearranged in the surgery, to re- recover, there's no eating at all. Everything is intravenous. And then little by little, you're allowed to eat small amounts of soft food and within a week or so, work up to regular a regular meal. And then... You know, it's, it's, a, it's a delicate balancing act between you and your digestive system to readjust to each other again because there's a lot of new ground that uh, you have to understand about how you're going to digest food and your digestive system has to become a, reacquainted with your eating habits. So it's, it's kind of a, uh, a gradual process that takes about a month or so to, you know, to pretty much uh, get uh, past. Wow. So you made it through that. And then um, did you go back to life as usual or did you change how you approach life? Did you cut back on work? What did you do? How did you approach life after you left the hospital? 
Well, at that point, uh, the pathology report indicated that although I had no lymph involvement, I did have a few cells left in my pancreas that were cancerous. Uh, and those cells had to be removed by a special, uh, at that time, experimental procedure for pancre- pancreas patients uh, called uh, the CyberKnife radiation technique, uh, which is basically high-intensity blasts of radiation directed right at the cells that remain that are cancerous. So I did go through that. I did go through conventional abdominal radiation that's typical of abdominal cancers, and that was followed, you know, this is over a period of several months, that was followed by uh, intravenous chemotherapy. So they did everything that they possibly could to ensure that I would be uh, in uh, as much as possible uh, cancer-free. Along with that, you know, you have uh, many different hurdles and adjustments along the way, a lot of which are psychological, getting your strength back, trying to better understand how your body is going to move forward and, uh, and trying to understand over time, you know, uh, wh- when, if ever, you will be getting back to work. And if you do, what kind of work will you be able to do? Is it going to be a full-time job, a part-time job, and when can you start again? So there's many, many questions along the road for patients who undergo this type of treatment and recovery period, and, uh, you know, I was uh, right in the midst of it the whole way. Now, you're going along, and then at some point, you had a recurrence of cancer. So tell us, how long did you go before this occurred, and what was that experience like? Well, the, the treatments that I just mentioned, the, the radiation and chemotherapy treatments lasted about nine months after the Whipple surgery. Uh, and then it was the process of recovering and healing from all of it. Uh, as you know, the chemotherapy is a very powerful treatment that is very fatiguing and takes a while to recover from. Uh, and it was another year or so after that that I finally got back to work as a professor uh, at the medical school on the island of St. Martin. Uh, and uh, I did work and taught there for a year, teaching full-time, uh, teaching medical students. And at that point, I, uh, had, been, I had been returning periodically for, uh, to Boston for my checkups. And uh, after a year teaching on St. Martin, the checkup showed that I now had uh, a return of the uh, pancreatic cancer in my liver. And that is a very, very devastating blow because typically when pancreatic cancer returns uh, in a person's liver or spreads to the liver, it is, it is usually considered a lethal uh, event. Uh, very, very few people recover, recover from that sort of episode. Wow. Now, <laughs> that's interesting. I mean, having that knowledge, were you still thinking, you know, I'm going to beat this thing or... Did you have that knowledge and went in a different direction that, you know, perhaps this is the end? Like, what, what was your mindset? Well, my mindset was conditioned by the fact that uh, the radiologist who, who, who gave me that uh, diagnosis was a substitute. Not, not that uh, that was a great uh, difference, but he uh, basically said that the best we can offer you is palliative care, which, you know, in my mind was end-of-life care, which uh, pretty much consists of pain reduction and so on. And I said, wait a minute, you, you don't know that this cancer has spread beyond my liver. You don't know uh, anything 
and, and, and there was resistance to go further in treatment. And I said, you know, I, I, I said to him just like this, I want treatment that's bold, aggressive, decisive, and rapid. And I uh, want to have a chance at liver surgery. Uh, what can we do? And, and, and then we discussed the uh, option of a PET scan, which is a way of scanning, you know, your entire body to see if there's a spread of this cancer. And, you know, I, I didn't know this at the time, but uh, no other patient at that hospital that I was being treated uh, at ever had survived uh, a, a metastasis or spread of pancreatic cancer to the liver. So I was sort of in, I was out in no man's land, and I could understand why there was resistance. But the, the, the oncologist did agree that they were going to be having a, meter, a meeting of their tumor specialists, their oncologists, surgeons, pathologists, and so on, uh, in a few days, and that they would discuss my case and look into the possibility of giving me a PET scan, A, to see if the tumor had spread, and then B, if not, they would consider surgery. So that's where, you know, that's where I was at that moment. In the meantime, while I'm going through this, obviously, you know, this is terrifying news. I mean, it was very hard to stay positive <laughs> during that time. Uh, a very, you know, that, was, that was the toughest, you know, period, I mean, of, of, of impending fatality of, of the whole experience that I went through. And, you know, congrats on advocating on your own behalf. I mean, who knows where you would be today, you know, had you taken uh, the answer that you were given and, and just accepted it. Uh, if you're just joining us, I'm talking with Dr. Stephen Lewis. And Dr. Lewis is a two-time survivor of pancreatic cancer and the author of the book, The Ripple Effect, How a Positive Attitude and a Caring Community Helped Save My Life. Now, I am curious because, you know, you've gone through so much medically from your first diagnosis to your second diagnosis and all the treatments in between. And I wondered if there were any particular doctor in the medical team that inspired you or or any approach by any doctors, because sometimes we we don't know how we impact patients by the way we uh, deal with them. And I wonder if there was any, anyone that stood out or any episode or experience that stood out as a positive thing for you. I, I think the, the, the two most positive physicians that I encountered on my team, and I must emphasize this was a team approach. It was a major medical center. Uh, the doctors did work very well together. Uh, but I would say that uh, overall the two most positive uh, doctors were uh, my uh, Whipple surgeon, who is extremely experienced in doing 150 of these procedures each year, uh, and then the other uh, uh, doctor who was uh, extremely positive, in fact, in, in, incredibly inspiring, was the radiation oncologist who was the person in charge of the CyberKnife radiation treatments and the conventional radiation treatments. And he basically said to me, look, you know, we, we're, we're, you know it, all the information isn't published yet, but we're, we're killing pancreatic cancer cells in nearly every organ in the body. Now, uh, spreads will take care of it with this technique if we need to. And uh, that was tremendously uplifting to me. And the other thing he said to me is that, you know, being an exercise physiologist, I wanted to know if, you know, how much I, I could do or expect to do. And he said, to do exercise-wise, and he said, you just do whatever your body will tolerate. 
And for me, that was great because, you know, I'm used to pushing myself pretty hard, and I did do whatever I could tolerate. So he was really a tremendous inspiration to me. Was there anything that you experienced that you wish you had not experienced? And again, that's more so for healthcare providers that are out there. Perhaps, you know, we approach patients a certain way, and we don't know always the impact we're having. So are there any negative experience, anything that you felt like, you know, boy, this, I did not need this at this time in my life? Well, obviously, the, the one most negative experience was the resistance that I encountered by the substitute oncologist who basically did not want to, uh, was reluctant to go further with normal treatment with me. I mean, and he, he really didn't have the evidence to, even though no other patient had survived this condition uh, at this point, he did not have the evidence there that would rule out further treatment. So I, I, I felt very, very uncomfortable with that. In terms of timeline, um, Stephen, share with us when you got your initial diagnosis, when did you have the recurrence, so we know, you know where you are today. Okay, so my initial, initial diagnosis was in August of 2007. Uh, I, I then went through the Whipple procedure and all the uh, radiation and chemotherapy. That got me into 2008. Uh, and then it was uh, 2009 that I went back to work in St. Martin. And then in May of 2010 is when I had the spread of the cancer to my liver, and I had liver surgery in May 2010. So now it's, you know, tomorrow it's uh, four years and five months later, and I've been, you know, 100% healthy, cancer-free, incredibly energetic. I work out, you know, uh, three to four times a week for at least an hour, weightlifting, calisthenics, aerobics. Uh, I work relentlessly in my job uh, uh, as a uh, teacher uh, of physiology to medical students. I work very hard, uh, and, and I'm also very involved, as you know, uh, discussing my, my experience with, uh, on radio shows and other, you know, and other media. So I'm, I'm a very busy guy. I, I have a very normal life. I, I have no dietary restrictions whatsoever. I have uh, certain pills that I take to replace the pancreatic enzymes that I lost during the surgery, but that's a very minor kind of a thing and a very small price to pay for what I've been through. So it's been a remarkable uh, turn of events that is, I, would, I would have to call, and other people have called, miraculous. I, I think it's miraculous also. I think it's, it, it's awesome. So this is a great time to take a short break. And when we come back, we are going to talk about uh, some of the things that you felt have helped you, you know, get to this point where we're now saying it's a miraculous turn of events. So we will take a short break and you'll share that information. And I think uh, a lot of this can be applied to not just someone going through pancreatic cancer, but many other things in their lives. So you want to stay tuned and we'll be right back. Do you want to learn how to live a healthy, happy and inspired life? Then listen to Health Talk with Dr. Diane M.D. Thursdays from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on Atlanta's Incredible Radio, 1570 AM WIGO. Listen to Health Talk with Dr. Diane M.D. for tools and strategies to live a healthy, happy, and successful life. For details, go to drdianethompson.com. That's drdianethompson.com. Like us on Facebook. 
facebook.com forward slash Dr. Diane A. Thompson. All right, welcome back. Uh, if you're just joining us, welcome to Health Talk with Dr. Diane MD. I am your host, Dr. Diane A. Thompson. My guest today is Dr. Stephen Lewis, and uh, he has this awesome and what we said at the break miraculous story, uh, where he is a two-time survivor of pancreatic cancer and is doing very well, very healthy right now, and he's also the author of the book The Ripple Effect how a positive attitude and a caring community helped save my life. Now, what I wanted to now move to is basically some of this information that he has shared in this book. And as I said before the break, I think that this can be applied to many other things. It's not just specifically pancreatic cancer, but anything you're going through right now. Now, it's interesting, Stephen, one of the things that you mentioned in your book you talked about the fact that uh, the book is not a self-help book. And I'll quote for, uh, for our listeners. It says, this is not a self-help book or a book written specifically for cancer patients or those with other serious illness. Rather, it is intended to describe my own daunting journey from exceptional health to lethal sickness and back again and what I have learned along the way. And I believe many times uh, the secret sauce is what someone else has learned because we can apply that to our lives. So what have you learned along the way? Well, I've learned a great deal. Uh, I uh, uh, have learned uh, uh, in a general way what's important in life and what's not important and how to better separate the more important from the less important, how to prioritize my life in such a way that I focus on the important things focus on the more positive aspects in life, waste less energy worrying about smaller things. Uh, and it's, it's actually a remarkable lesson to learn because, you know, it comes up all the time. I mean, look, life is complicated. There's always difficulties we all face, whether they're severe difficulties like life-threatening illness or loss of a loved one or an accident or, or the small things, you know, I mean, uh, trying to make ends meet, uh, trying to, you know, uh, negotiate the, the busyness of life. And, 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 you know, whenever my wife and I run into a situation where, you know, uh, we would uh, previously have been uh, sort of worried or concerned or perplexed, we look at, our, look at our, ourselves and say, look, this isn't pancreatic cancer. This isn't the Whipple procedure. You know, this is just <laughs> stuff of life, and we'll yeah. get through it, and whatever it is, you know, it doesn't matter that much. So that's, you know, that's a great uh, experience to have under your belt to lessen life's burdens from day to day. And I think that's such a healthy approach. And as you said, uh, many times devastating illnesses will teach us what's important and what's not important. But I also think that for people listening in, even if they're not going through that, that's something they can learn, that there certainly some things that we spend a lot of energy worrying about and stressing about, that they're really not that important when you do consider you know, what, what could go wrong in life. So I, I definitely think it's an important lesson for us to learn, and we don't have to go through pancreatic cancer to really learn that. What else has changed about the way you approach life having gone through this? I think that I have become a, a much more open and sharing person. I realized early in the illness 
as part of my uh, plan to stay upbeat and positive that I would open up and talk about my, you know, very personal uh, experience with experiences with the pancreatic cancer, my my condition, and so on. And in the process of doing that, I realized that that is really a very healthy way to live life because people, you know, I mean, people respond to people being open. And the more open you are with other people, uh, the, the more uh, people will open up to you, has been my experience, the more you will share meaningful experiences and dialogue with them, and, and the richer and more meaningful your life will become in terms of your relationship with other people. So I, I have found that this particular uh, uh, change in my life, being more open, more positive, uh, has, has taught me great lessons and benefited me greatly as I go forward. And I would have to say, overall, that my, the quality of my life at this point in my life after going through this, uh, you know, basically seven-year period of, you know, not knowing a lot about uh, my or, or concern about my health has uh, changed my life dramatically for the better. So we're talking with Dr. Stephen Lewis, two-time survivor of pancreatic cancer and the author of the book, The Ripple Effect, How a Positive Attitude and a Caring Community Helped Save My Life. So talk to us specifically about a positive attitude. How important is that uh, in when someone is facing a challenging diagnosis or a challenging situation? I mean, I, I personally think that it is a key aspect, uh, an essential aspect of going forth with, you know, uh, a potentially lethal diagnosis, uh, loss of a loved one, any kind of life uh, difficulties, a major life difficulty or tragedy, because it, it, it puts you in a position where you are in charge of your your destiny, how you're going to go forth rather than being a victim of circumstance, that you, you become empowered. It's, it's really a power of choice that you have to choose to be positive and upbeat, to choose not to go into despair and negativity because the more you will go into despair and negativity, I have found, because there were periods of my journey, like when I you know, was diagnosed the second time, where you know things w- things turned around to more negativity and uh, and then you f- you then create a cycle of negativity and despair that goes out but and you realize it when you're positive all the time before that you 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 understand that when you spin the cycle in the other direction things turn out very differently so if you're in control of that you can exert your power of choice to go in a positive direction and spin everything positive and the positivity will come back to you and lift you up very high. And I agree with that. I wonder, Stephen, were you generally that way, though, before the diagnosis? Because, you know, there are people who are probably going through this now or whatever they're going through. And certainly an attitude shift would be a great thing for them, but maybe they've never been positive people their entire life. Do you think that you were always a positive person, and do you think that it's still easy for someone to do this in the midst of whatever they're going through if they were not positive to begin with? I will be very honest with you, Diane. I I think that I was positive in certain parts of my life, but not other parts of my life. 
and the other parts of my life that I should have been more positive with, it would have benefited me to be so, uh, which I have since learned uh, since going through this cancer experience. I have learned a great lesson about that. Uh, Of course, it is not easy to do what I did. It took a lot of grit, determination, thought, planning, and so on, but I realized that it was necessary to go forth in this manner because, you know, I, 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 in the worst-case scenario, I did not want to set a bad example for my kids because, you know, look, everybody goes through, through, is going to go through difficulties in life. We're all going to get sick at some point. We're all going to get older. We're all going to have, you know, difficulties that we overcome, and I wanted to set an example for my children so that they would see it is possible to go forth in a positive way. That's great. And one of the things you mentioned earlier was the way your wife was when when the diagnosis occurred. And I think this is another good lesson for people out there is uh, not only do you want to shift yourself to being more positive, but also you want to surround yourself with positive people. And it's okay. Like you don't even have to wait for an illness to occur. You can start peeling off those negative people around you right now because I, I feel they do you no good. Now, you mentioned that you, you're now very active and all of that. Were there specific lifestyle changes that you made after the diagnosis? Like some people after a cancer diagnosis may decide they're going to now eat uh, certain types of food, juice. They'll do different things. So were there any changes in the way you approach your lifestyle uh, since your diagnosis? So uh, as, I, as I mentioned earlier, I've always been a person who watched my diet. I've never been a fanatic uh, with my diet. I've always eaten what I like to eat, but I generally, you know, uh, don't abuse junk food. I've, I've always eaten, you know, uh, a balanced diet. I've always exercised regularly. And so I, you know, I just maintained doing those things and eating the things that I liked because generally speaking, the things that I liked were healthy for me. The thing that I, I definitely turned around and, and made better is my own attitude toward life. And that was the biggest change in uh, my uh, functioning from before the cancer to after the cancer. I, I would have to say that. All right. And my final question for you, I mean, and this is such an inspiring story. I, I definitely think people will learn a lot from it. But having uh, survived two bouts of pancreatic cancer, um, I, I love to ask specific questions as my tip of the week. So what three tips would you share with anyone dealing with pancreatic cancer or any other cancer or any major health crisis at the moment? You've gone through so much and you're so positive right now and doing well. What are, what are three things you would share with them to say these are great tips because you've experienced your tough times and now you're on the other end? What would you share? Uh, I, I would say that along the lines of maintaining an upbeat, positive attitude, I think the person that you really need to focus on on that with is your caregiver, because your caregiver is going to be spending your, your, your close-in significant other is going to be spending the most time with you in terms of your emotional and physical needs. And the more you can be positive with your caregiver, with your significant other, the, the greater the benefit will be because you want, you're not going to be wearing that person out physically and emotionally. You're going to keep them as intact as possible. And by doing that, they will be able to give back to you as much as uh, they possibly can and not basically dry up 
and, and go into despair themselves. So I would say that's one tip. I would say the other tip is to, as I mentioned, open up and share your difficulties with others. You will find that other people will share their own stories of things that they have gone through. Uh, and there are lots of stories out there, believe me, because I know this from, from sharing it. People will share their own stories, and you will realize you are not alone. You are not a victim. Everybody goes through these things, and it's all part of how the world works and you will feel better about them. Uh, tip number three, I think it's very important to live life as normally as you possibly can. I know it is not easy to do that when you are very sick, but it's very important to try to do that. Uh, I would also say, it's, and, and, and along those lines, it's also important to try new activities uh, that you have not done before because these are things that you may have wanted to do uh, before in your life, but you never did for some reason. And if you do, the, if you do try those activities and do those things, you will uh, find that the disease is not taking away from you, but you are, uh, again, in control and doing the positive things that make you feel good. Also, meeting new people is very important. Meet new people. Don't be afraid to meet new people. That's part of life. It's a great opportunity to meet new people, share with them, and bring them on your caring team. All right, then I think those are great tips. I want to thank Dr. Stephen Lewis. As I mentioned, he is the author of the book, The Ripple Effect, how a positive attitude and a caring community helped save my life. And uh, this is a gentleman that uh, survived two bouts of pancreatic cancer and is now living a healthy life. So check out his book, uh, Dr. Lewis, where may listeners contact you? Okay, listeners can contact me uh, in various ways. One is uh, through email. Uh, another is through uh, the Facebook page that I have from my book called The Ripple Effect. They can leave a message for me there, uh, and they can also contact me on LinkedIn uh, under Stephen Lewis. Uh, those are three different ways that I can be contacted. Um, my address is stephenkla at me.com, stephenkla at me.com, me.com. Great, and I will make sure those contact information are also available on my Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash Dr. Diane Thompson. And I believe the book is presently on Amazon and Barnes and Nobles. Am I correct? That's right, and also at, uh, at the book, the uh, website of iUniverse, which is the publisher. Okay, great, great. So great ways that people can get a hold of this book. All right, and so for the listeners, I thank you again for joining me this week. Please make sure to join me again next week for the best in inspirational health information. And I want to leave this quote with you. I don't have the author of the quote, but it does say, Spending today complaining about yesterday won't make tomorrow any better. And I think that's a great advice. So I want to once again remind you that your health is your wealth. So please do something healthy for yourself this week. Until next time, everyone. You have been listening to Health Talk with Dr. Diane MD on 1570 AM WIGO. 
please tune in every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the best in inspirational health information. If you have missed any part of this broadcast, would like to find out more about Dr. Diane A. Thompson, or would like to receive her ebook on stress, please go to drdianethompson.com. That's drdianethompson.com. And like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Thompson. Remember, your health is your wealth, so do something healthy for yourself. Have a great evening. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.